to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your semi-daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, I've been working on this one for a few weeks, and it's going to be lengthy. You probably saw the time on this episode already, but it's going to be as informative as any Dolphins podcast you're going to find out there as we keep adding to the roster and keep seeing this team get better. Even in the month of May, it's required updating. It's the post-draft roster review. We take a look at the roster position by position, give you an interesting stat about each guy, talk through the tape a little bit, and also cover some interesting storylines and facts about the position group as a whole. We'll go ahead and jump right in from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. All right, so the warning is out there. This is a longer edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Felt okay about it because we are right in the middle of the offseason coming up on the dregs of the offseason. We'll have an OTA coverage podcast for you guys on Wednesday and then again uh, down the road in a couple of weeks. But why don't we go ahead and just kick this thing off here with the quarterback position. And just real quick, before we do that, a quick disclaimer. These are my particular breakdowns, my film study analysis, and also we are going in order of jersey number. So when you hear a certain player at a certain spot, don't freak out. We're going in order of jersey number because we want to let these guys compete on the field and find their spot on the depth chart that way. Let's get to the quarterbacks. And starting off with number one, Tua Tungavailoa, as we go over our 90-man roster. And you guys know by now the traits that I think make him stand out. The ability to get off the spot, not just in a hurry when he sees it, but with anticipation to feel that rush and to find new avenues, recognizing where the weak spots might be against a particular defensive look, a rush package, and how to find that vacant space where he can then get to to operate from. And the numbers bear that out too, and we'll touch on that here in just a second. And then also, obviously, the ball placement. Pro Football Focus has a quarterback accuracy measurement where they chart not just completion percentage, but they chart location over actual completions and incompletions. And Tua was top 12 in accuracy on balls leading his guys as well as settling them down into soft spots where you come back down the stem or you go between a zone and also back shoulder location. And we see that in practice too. Talked about it on Wednesday, last week on the podcast, the Tuesday practice recap edition which then earned Tua the orange jersey in practice. And we always talk about what makes a quarterback stands out. To me, it's third down passing, where Tua last year was fifth in the National Football League last year among all quarterbacks in moving the stick conversion rate, moving the sticks conversion rate. The four contemporaries of his on that list who finished higher than him with a better conversion rate, Matt Stafford, Super Bowl champion, Patrick Mahomes, MVP and Super Bowl MVP, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. And those third and fourth spots were within 1% conversion of each other. So you get one more conversion from Tua and he's top three in the National Football League last year. And he was top 10 in a lot of important categories like Completion percentage over expected, which measures ball placement, total QBR, escape rate, and sack rate surrendered. But the smaller sample size with some games missed made it pretty volatile, and that bad run kind of put him behind the median in a few of these categories, like passer rating, 19th. 
Average yards per drop back, 19th. But then completion percentage, 7th. CPOE, 6th. Sack percentage, tied for 5th. Pressures turned to sacks. He was 6th in that regard, which is a measure of pocket presence. And then big-time throws, which is a pro football-focused stat for excellent location and timing, generally down the field or into a tighter window. He had 6 of them, and that was 22nd, but I find it interesting the group right ahead of him was Mayfield, Cousins, and Herbert with seven, two was 5.1% big time throw percentage was higher than all those guys. And how about some of the, going back to the third down stat rate, I wanted to look at the four guys ahead of Tua on that list and consider what their running game and pass protection ranks were a season ago. This is going off pro football focus in terms of how they graded the offensive line and the rushing ranks in terms of total yards rushing last season. For Matt Stafford, the 25th ranked running game, the number one pass protection offensive line in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, 16th ranked running game, the 6th ranked pass protection unit last year in the NFL. Justin Herbert, 21st ranked run game, 16th ranked pass pro. Joe Burrow, 23rd ranked run game, 29th pass protection, pretty damn impressive. Tua Tungavailoa, 5th place, 30th ranked run game, 32nd ranked in pass pro. I think perhaps the craziest stat, not just for Miami, but the entire NFL last year, was that Tua was sacked on just 4.9% of his dropbacks. That was 8th best in the NFL last year. But Travis, isn't that just because the ball comes out so fast? Well, when Jacoby was the quarterback, it was a 7.8% sack rate, 26th in the NFL. And like we did with the third down numbers, how about the guys who finished ahead of Tua in sack percentage and the total pressures? Tom Brady for the Buccaneers, 156 QB pressures last year. Josh Allen, 198. Patrick Mahomes, 179. Same number for Justin Herbert, 179. Kirk Cousins was fifth in sack percentage. He had the second highest on this list with 211 pressures against him. Dak Prescott, 154. Matt Stafford, 144. The Miami Dolphins last year allowed 235 pro football focus recorded pressures. That was 24 more than the next highest and 37 more than the third highest. And Tua was just 0.1% behind Cousins, Prescott, and Stafford. So one-tenth of a percentage point from being the fifth best sack rate behind a line that set the record for most pressures allowed in the PFF era. That's your Tua spiel. Teddy Bridgewater, number five. Fortunate to have this kind of depth at the position. I like to note his intelligence and feel for the position. It's akin to Tua in the way he can navigate some of those overload blitzes and create with his pocket mobility. I think he's just wired perfectly for this role because he is A, he's going to know the system inside and out, and B, he understands managing a football game. And I hate that that term can be misconstrued as a negative. It's a quarterback's job to manage situations, calculate risk, and play accordingly. And I think Teddy is as well served in that regard as anybody. A fun stat on him, 120.3 passer rating last year when blitzed. 82 for 111, 988 yards, nine touchdowns to just two picks when teams blitzed Teddy Bridgewater. Other quarterback in the room, number 19, rookie Skylar Thompson. You heard him on the podcast. You heard Coach McDaniel talk about it too. The passion for the sport, the willingness to do whatever role the team needs him to do to win football games. He's got a great room to learn from. I mean, my goodness, Coach Bev, Tua, and Teddy, the frequent Dan Marino cameos, and my fun stat here on Skylar was the 399 rushing yards on designed runs last year at Kansas State. 
And how about the overall room as, as a whole? I just like the way these guys can mitigate pressure, get off the spot, and the way they're wired to compete at this level. The storyline here is, I think, can you foster an environment to capitalize on what Tua's strengths are? Kind of a, a emphasis this offseason. Strong running game, hopefully improved offensive line play. We know about the new weapons on offense. The sky, to me, is the limit here. You shore up those two things, and I think we're going to have a ton of fun this season. Maybe too much fun. Your camp battle here, there isn't one. At running back, nine guys on the roster, and we start with number two, Chase Edmonds. Three down player, you can flex him out, he can run routes, has big playability, can get to that second and third level and make fast guys missed and run past fast guys. The fun stat on him, there's a couple of them. He has the third best rushing EPA. That's expected points added. The analytics dorks out there, and I'm partially an analytics dork, love that stat. And running backs in the, last, in the NFL last year, his 23.3% of total runs reaching 15 plus miles per hour was first among all running backs with at least 100 carries. Next to second year pro, Jared Dokes, number 23. Love what he does in pass pro. I thought he showed some metal last year in the preseason in his short yardage work. I'm excited to get a look at this guy in year number two. A fun stat on him, his final year in Cincinnati with the Bearcats, no drop passes, 83% catch rate, and zero pressures allowed on 31 pass blocking reps. Also forced 25 missed tackles on 144 rush attempts. That's one every 5.76, and it kind of spells out to you a physical back that can play all three downs. Number 26, Savon Ahmed, going back to the speed, thought we saw it in the preseason last year, catching that touchdown pass on the wheel route against the Bears. We see it in the explosive runs, had that big 122-yard gain back in his rookie season, and a couple of or another 100-yard performance before that as well, and he can sure as heck hit the big run, the home run hitter. Speaking of home run hitters, number 31, Raheem Mostert, another newcomer here. Speed, speed, speed. Patient runner who can capitalize on the plays where you blocked it perfect and hit the home runs. Not just a 15, 20 yard, that's what's blocked, that's what we're getting. We're talking 60, 70 yard runs where he makes guys in the second and third level miss and he's by them for long touchdowns. Fun stat on him, recorded the two fastest speeds with the football in his hands back in 2020 and he only played one game last year, 2021, and had two carries for 20 yards on those runs. Number 34, Sony Michelle packs an absolute punch and gets to full speed quickly after making his initial move. Really strong vision to find lanes as they open up. The fun stat for me on Sony Michelle is the way he's been a big part of championship runs. Last year, six games, they elevate his role with the Rams, runs for 540 yards as they go 5-1 and one on their way to an NFC West title. And then back in 2018, three playoff games to the Patriots, 336 rushing yards and six touchdowns for that championship winning team. Number 37, Miles Gaskin, passing game prowess all the way and the ability to catch the football from any route and any alignment, whether you want to put him condensed in a nasty split, put him back in the backfield, flex him out wide, have him take a go off, a t- run a takeoff route like he did last year against the Bucks for a touchdown. Then against the Jets, he catches that hookup route from Tua on that game-winning drive and that soft spot of the zone, took a big shot, but hung on on the third down catch for not just a conversion, but a touchdown to help the Dolphins get that victory. Also like the way he creates when the quarterback goes off script and tends to find the vacancies created by that scrambling of the quarterback. Fun stat for him last year, he tied for the team lead with seven touchdowns with Jalen Waddell and his 12 touchdowns since 2020 lead the Dolphins over that span. Finishing up here at the running backs, number 47 is Aquandre White. His vision to get from front side, press that front side of the run to the back side of the formation with that fold back run against the grain, against the flow, after showing patience to kind of create that over pursuit by what he does. 
That's impressive. So is the contact balance to stave off arm tackles. And you see it with the fun stat, 4.61 yards after contact. I was impressed by him last week in camp. Excited to get a look at him tomorrow as well as the rest of OTAs and in the training camp. Fullback talk, baby. Number 30, Alec Ingold. Smooth hands from that fullback position. Big plays in college at Wisconsin. And some really good tape there with the Raiders as well. Paving the way for Brandon Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and some pretty damn good rushing attacks. Fun stat on him. Receiving touchdown every year as a pro. And 7.02 yards per target in his career. That's that's actually top three or top five, rather, I should say, among fullbacks. Number 46, John Lovett. The quarterback tape on him in college is so much fun. A versatile guy, not unlike Ingold, taking some wildcat snaps. But then with the Packers, had some real get out of your chair highlight type of blocks, played mostly on special teams there. The storyline here is how does the workload get shared? Who's going to be the third down option? How will they cycle through third down options? How many snaps does each guy take? Who's the odd man out? Do they keep five or six? Do they keep four? How many is it? Do they keep two fullbacks? one fullback, whatever it looks like. Lots of options there for the Dolphins in this running back room, and you have to think that's by design to give them as much options as they need to execute Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, all those guys' running scheme on offense. In the camp battle, it's really the entire room who gets the carries, but I'm also curious to see, you know, we have an idea about who enters with, I I should say, the most past resume success and gravitas who kind of winds out that role at the back end of the roster and special teams as a guy that can come off the bench curious to see how that works out as well wide receivers there are 11 of them on the roster and we start here in order of jersey number with number three lynn bowden multiple skills get he can catch it he can run it he can even throw it that's why you call it a skill sket like i just called it he's shifty as all get out he can create after the catch the fun stat on him back in 2020 over the final five weeks 28 grabs for 212 yards didn't play last year with the injury Number 10, Tyreek Hill. I'll be repeating this for Jalen Waddle in a minute. And since there's two of them, I'm not sure if you can still say it, but this guy just moves differently than those around him. Urgency, suddenness, speed. Saw one practice of this guy already, and he's just shaking off defenders with his route running and coming back down the stem. Electric player, electric personality. The fun stat on him, Pro Bowl all six years of his career. One of the most productive receivers in NFL history through their first six seasons. Ranks top in explosive touchdowns from 40, 50 plus, all that fun stuff. And touchdown scored from those distances since his arrival back in 2016. He is going to be not just creating for himself, but creating chances for other guys. It's going to be fun to watch. Number 11, Cedric Wilson Jr. His ability to stretch the defense paired with his size is such a nice combination and the versatility to play inside and outside, I think is going to help not just open up things for Waddle and Hill, but the space that he gets from Waddle and Hill even more is going to be exponentially greater for this Dolphins, uh, you know, one, two, three option attack here this season. He was a major threat on slot fades last year in Dallas and the ability to get deep from that position at that size. It's kind of this new age thing. You see it in college slot fades, get the ball down the field to a guy like last year, Arkansas, Traylon Burks, for instance, is a good example. Put a big rocked up guy in that slot position and watch him go out physical slot cornerbacks or safeties, whatever they draw. It's a nice combo. Fun stat for him, 6.2 yards after the catch last year from Pro Football Focus. That was tied for 10th most among NFL receivers. He was fifth in the NFL among qualifying receivers with 18.4 yards per target on passes thrown 20 plus yards. And he also had a plus 18.6 catch rate over expected on targets of 10 plus yards. That was third best in the NFL. I know that's a bunch of stats I'm throwing at you. I'm telling you he's really good after the catch. He's really good on deep balls. And he was exceptional on intermediate passes a season ago. Number 17, Jalen Waddle. 
I mean, you guys know, I I talk about this guy as much as anybody. The release package, the concentration at the catch point, the blazing speed where he just moves at a different speed than everybody else, except for maybe number 10 out there. Uh, It's uh, every time I see him play, it just, it's pure excitement, pure adrenaline. It's like a F1 race. Those things paired with his understanding of the position, the way he attacks blind spots and then enters the spin cycle once he puts defensive backs in that shoot, which way did he go position? Fun stat on him, just one game of 16 as a pro last year with less than three catches, and he had at least 50 receiving yards and all but four games as a rookie. I expect Waddle to have a monster, monster year and pop off. He is, he's going to be a really nice one for this Dolphins team for a long time. Uh, whoops, got a little bit out of order. Let's go ahead and go back to Trent Sherfield, number 14 here. I put him in the wrong spot behind Waddle, in front of Waddle. Physical in everything he does at the line of scrimmage, on routes, as a blocker, on special teams. It translates across all phases. Going to be tough to outwork this guy. Fun PFF stat. He had run blocking grades of 80.1, 71.1, and 81.0 the last three seasons. 70 plus is above average. 80 is like your upper echelon. So he's in that regard and run blocking. He finished in the top 50 each of the last three years in special teams tackles, 28 total on 741 snaps. And we'll talk about this with Ezu Kama as well. The ability to play in some tight areas down in the red zone and factor in as a, a real good blocker off the edge or condense in tight and give you an extra hat at the line of scrimmage in the count in the box count. I think those valuables are going to, those traits are going to be invaluable for these bigger body receivers. Number 18, Preston Williams. They like the combo of size and speed. He sinks the hips as a route runner. Big red zone target evident by his touchdown numbers his first two years. Sinking the hips is where you don't have to have wasted movement up top or down below when you get off the top of the route. It's it's how you sink into the route and make everything look the same. Could be a takeoff, could be a stutter, could be a comeback, could be an in-break, outbreak. That's what you want to see when you see guys sink their hips into the routes. Number 83, Devontae Dedman played his college ball at William & Mary. And a fun, fun part about that was his offensive coordinator there was Brennan Marion, who was the pit receiver coach last year, coached up Jay, uh Jordan Addison. I had to look that up. I forgot it right there on the spot. Good job, Travis. Jordan Addison, last year's Bolitnikoff winner. He's now at Texas coaching receivers there. But Devontae Dedman earned a PFF grade of 82.8 or better in three of his last four years there at William & Mary. Number 85, River Craycraft, go Cougs. Intelligent route runner, understands leverage and soft spots and how to defeat them. Our Washington State offense was like 13 plays in a napkin, and he was so adept at adjusting to the defense and finding ways to win that route regardless. He, you know, your route needs to look the same every time, or I should say every route should look the same, but also every route should look different every time. Like you want to find out how to run that route against that defense. Craycraft is your guy. 86 UDFA, Braylon Sanders from Old Miss, really talented deep ball route runner there. Could get on top of guys, stack them and stay there. The fun stat here, 21.1 yards per catch in his career on 68 grabs. Number 87, Eric Ezukama, big, tough, physical receiver, excellent contact balance, can snatch the ball with strong hands away from his frame and pull it into himself and protect that thing and help move the chains and defenders bounce off him after the catch. Averaged 7.8 yards after the catch in 2021. That was 16th best among all receivers in college football. Number 89, Cody Core, big frame, capable of boxing out defenders, and it shows in our fun stat. Hasn't played since 2019 in a regular season game when he did, though, six grabs on 11 contested catch opportunities. Storyline here to me is just how good can Waddle and Tyreek be together? How quick does it kind of gel together in terms of their speed and how it plays off of each other? I think the sky is the limit. I think both these guys are going to have really nice years. The camp battle, I think you, you look at what you go into the season with. You have the additions of Hill and Cedric Wilson Jr. and what Waddle did a season ago. What, what's what's after that? Ezukama, Sherfield, Lynn Bowden, Preston Williams, the rest of the guys. I think special teams prowess will have a big impact for the next 
pieces on the roster here, but also the run game too. We talked about that with some of the bigger body guys, a big part of this offense. Let's go ahead and take our first break here and continue on this extended edition of the Drive Time Podcast, drinking through a fire hose on the 90-man roster. Your host, Travis Wingfield, coming back here on the other side of the tight ends, offensive line before the defense. Drive Time Podcast brought to you by AutoNation. Back here on the post-draft, and we extended it into late May edition, the comprehensive roster review edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We'll come back and preview training camp here at the end of July, but this kind of serves as a a roster guide going into the summer months and into OTAs and into the summer break eventually. But pick it up here with a tight end position. Six guys on the roster under the tight end tag. And we start with rookie UDFA number 48, Tanner Connor. He was a receiver in college who ran a great time, a high hurdle champion in high school as well. Super athletic. And that's your fun stat. 437, 39 and a half inch vert at tight end. Okay. That's like the, the motorcycle guy. And I think you should leave the motorcycles with four wheels too. Okay. Number 80, Adam Shaheen, one of the more physically gifted tight ends in the room, can overpower guys and get on top of the speed and separation. Thought we saw that with his touchdown production in 2020, and then also our fun stat, he makes plays when he catches the ball. A career-high 12.5 yards per catch in 2020, uh, and then 10.2 in his career. Number 81, Durham Smythe, can play so many roles in this Dolphins offense and special teams, but that's where I think that his biggest impact comes in terms of just how good he is at that particular role. Been doing it on the core special teams since his rookie season, and we don't need advanced metrics for his fun stat. Career highs in receptions and yards last year, 34 and 357. Number 82, Seathan Carter. Similar, been a special teams ace his entire career since he came into the league, and a lot about what I said about Durham doing multiple things, that's what he can do as well. And the fun stat, akin to Trent Sherfield, the only time he wasn't top 50 in the league in special teams tackles since he came into the league was 2018, when he missed most of the year due to injury. Number 84, Hunter Long. Dual functionality, I think, can help keep your offensive personnel disguised with what he can do as a attached Y tight end or a detached F piece, a move piece. And that's what he was at the college level. Really the best in both of those regards in back-to-back seasons because you go to pro football focus and we talk about what Boston College did in terms of going from a traditional eye back power running offense with AJ Dillon, line up in the eye formation, run the ball every time. He was the highest graded run blocking tight end in college football by PFF that year. The next year they transitioned to a more modern passing spread it out attack and he goes to be the highest graded receiving tight end in that class. And I think that we see tight ends make big jumps in year number two all the time. Saw it with Mike Gesicki. Hopefully Hunter Long can follow a similar trajectory. Speaking of Mike Gesicki, number 88, contested catch Maven in a true matchup problem. Put a linebacker, put a smaller safety on him. Good luck. And it's not just that, but I think the nuance of his creativity and his route running has really shown the last few years and just keeps getting better. Knows how to set his guy up and use that frame and length and just enough wiggle at the top to create that separation. And when he doesn't create separation, he has 45 career contested catches on 90 opportunities, 50% with that much volume. You won't see that very frequently. He's also top 10 last year and the year before among tight ends and receiving yards. Storyline, how many do the Dolphins keep? They have capable guys up and down this position here. Five veteran guys, Tanner Connor, the rookie there, obviously. But with deep backfield and receiving positions, do we see lots of 12 personnel, 13 personnel? Who gets the next most snaps after Mike? A lot of questions here that, that will be unpacked in training camp. Can't wait to watch that. And the camp battle tight end too. I, I hope Hunter Long season can be upon us here, but the Dolphins are covered if, if it takes a little longer than that. 
Offensive line, 15 guys. Let's go through these guys here quickly. 58, number 58, Connor Williams. Tough as hell, just does not miss time. Positional flexibility. Mentioned athletic ability and intelligence as kind of key factors on the offensive line throughout the course of the offseason. Williams checks both those boxes big time. And a big time get this offseason. His pass blocking efficiency was third best among NFL guards last year, 98.5. That means that's how many times he does not allow a pressure. He was also the 10th best run blocking graded guard per pro football focus. Number 61, Cole Banwart, one of the newer guys added to the roster here. PFF had him with just 13 career pressures allowed over four years and 572 pass blocking snaps at Iowa. A very good number there. Similar PBE to what Connor Williams done, has done as a pro, but you get the idea. Spent time last year with the Titans, Giants, and Vikings. Number 63, Michael Dieter. His length for a center really stands out. He can latch onto guys and turn them at the point of attack, get his butt in the gap and, and wheel him out of there. And he can also get in space too and, and show some work out in the open field. Was an iron man in college. Most starts on the offensive line in Wisconsin history at the time. Had a fluke injury as Chris Greer described it last season, but came back and was good after that. Was good before the injury as well. The fun stat on him, 10 QB pressures on 335 pass blocking snaps. It's top half the league at the center position. Number 64, Kellen Deesh. Play with tremendous fire. He can unlock those hips and get out in space and he wants to bury guys into the turf. And he did it plenty of times at uh, Arizona State. In fact, he was the highest graded Pac-12 offensive lineman comprehensively between 2018-2021. Could be a guy that has has some say on the final roster here come August. Number 65, Robert Jones. The way he stays square and plays low in patience with that wide frame, that good stance, the hands and the feet to mirror together. Thought he was strong in the preseason last year as well as that week 18 game. And the fun stat on him, two pressures on 30 pass blocking snaps in that season finale. One every 15. If it's a hurry, you'll take that. And that's what it was. Number 66, Solomon Kinley. Sheer mass, blocks out the sun when he squares guys up. Some of the funnest blocks you'll see uh, that when he hits it right. It's, it's fun to watch that. No quarterback hits or sacks and 86 pass blocking snaps a season ago after starting most of his rookie season. Number 68, Robert Hunt. Love the way he improved both of his first two years. One of the best, the best right tackles in terms of pressure rate and grade the last six games of 2020. Then the same exact thing happened last year at right guard. Shutout after shutout and a real aptitude for both speed slash one gap type rushers or two gap guys that want to play physical and, and come off the ball and come off their blocks. He can do both of that. But guys that try to hit him with power or speed, he just handles it both. And the way he also hits combo blocks and climbs to the second level, he sure is fun to watch. Fun stat on him from weeks 12 through 18 last year, just three QB pressures and it was all hurries, no QB hits. Number 71, UDFA Blaze Andrews from Minnesota. Positional versatility, even played multiple positions within the same game at times. And his ability to climb to the second level, I thought really stood out on his tape. And obviously a knowledge of the game to play all those spots. Allowed just five sacks on 1,298 career pass blocking snaps at Minnesota. It's a very low number. I mean, four-year starter and just five sacks. Number 72, Teron Armstead, one of the crown jewels of the offseason, one of the best left tackles in the NFL. For my money, the very best left tackle. You can't fool him. Don't try to draw out his punch or run a game to expect to fool him. He's so technically and fundamentally sound. The impact it's going to have on the rest of the guys in the offensive line is also going to be tangible. Typewriter feet, man. We talk about how quickly you can slide and get over and, and wall off and mirror and cut guys off in their pass rush plan. He can redirect, he can pick up games, and he's also a steamroller in the running game. Fun stat on him, 3.7% pressure rate and 0.6% sack rate since 2013 are best among all NFL tackles. He's been doing it at a high level 
for a long, long time. Number 73, Austin Jackson. I love the way he gives a presser because of the way he can articulate the way he sees the game. Studious player, athletic as hell. He's hungry as hell, as Coach McDaniel calls it. And I'm excited to see what year three has in store for him. I think his best ball is ahead of him. At his best, he's a punishing athlete that can play multiple spots. Kind of a nasty temperament too. And a fun stat, upon moving to guard last season, he's appeared in ESPN's top 10 run blocking win rate on three occasions. Big Rob was there almost all season last year. Only eight pressures last year over the final six games. A good improvement for Austin Jackson. Number 74, Liam Eichenberg. Technique, kick slide, and hands. It was all beautiful and perfect at Notre Dame. Hopefully we can get that continuing going here with the Miami Dolphins in year number two. Those were things that really popped off the the college tape. In the last year, he played a bunch of positions, has that flexibility in it. And the we talk about Austin Jackson's approach. Same thing with Liam too. Focused, hungry, smart guy. Fun stat, just one QB hit allowed the last seven games of last season. Number 75, Greg Little, super athletic, covers a ton of ground on his kick slide. And hopefully he can put that all together and become an effective player here for the Miami Dolphins. Same with number 76, Keon Smith, length. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, just another guy with really good athletic ability, knee bender, wide base, and those are good places to start. Number 78, Adam Pankey played some extra offensive line packages the last couple of years and gets good push in those roles as well as in the run game as a true tackle. Number 79, Larnell Coleman. I'm curious to see how he looks in year number two, a superb athlete with tremendous length. The storyline here, what do we see from the incumbents and the jumps they can potentially take under a new system? Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Michael Dieter, can they take a next step? It would go a long way to the Dolphins' offensive line solidifying and taking a big step collectively. The camp battle, same storyline. Who the heck are the starting five? We'll find out in training camp. Can't wait to see where it is and where they wind up. On the defensive side of the football, let's go defensive lineman first. We're going off the Dolphins roster here. I recognize that these positions, they're almost positionless at times, especially like in your 5-0 package or whatever the different calls might be. But let's just go ahead and go down the roster in terms of D lineman. Adam Butler primarily plays inside, but he can play all over the defensive line. That's why it's hard to identify what truly positions these guys play. They're multiple guys. They don't have a position. Defensive line, though. Adam Butler, consistent penetrator over his career, often the first guy off the football, creates immediate urgency on the interior, which can create chances for the Dolphins in a delay, a green dog, a a looper coming over on a stunt. It creates opportunities. And the fun stat for him, he's so damn consistent. Pressure number since 2017, 24, 27, 26, 26, 28. It's a really good number for an interior D lineman who plays kind of a 600, 700 snaps per season type of role. Number 77, John Jenkins. Experienced, knows the systems. He can deconstruct one-on-one blocks and make a play. Nine of his 16 tackles last year were for run stops. Those are tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage. It's a very high frequency. Number 90, UDFA Ben Still from Nebraska. Also one of these heavy-handed edge guys, or end guys, I should say, who's position flexible, can kick inside as well. He's a consistent penetrator in his college career. 29, 22, 22, and 23 pressure numbers the last four years. Off the outside edge, but also plays inside too. Number 91, Emmanuel Ogba. The swipe, the cross chop, the speed to power, the ability to get off the edge and angle after leaning into that offensive tackle and kind of breaking them down. So many moves in his bag and the length and ability to corner just puts tackles in a bind consistently. And he can condense inside and cause problems there too and help create chances. Sets a hard edge in the run game. A complete player. Fun stat for him. Too many to list here, but how about 127 QB pressures the last two seasons? That's seventh best among PFF's edge classification the last two years. Number 92, Zach Sealer. The sheer strength is on display every single snap. Sheer strength, single snap. Say that five times fast. He's so tough to move. He's has very surprising movement ability for a guy that plays at that size. The length is, is measurable or 
immeasurable. He's like Christian in the way he controls the point of attack, and he's flexible across the entire line, playing inside to outside. Fun stat on him, 70 run stops on 284 rundowns the last two years. That is top 25 in the National Football League among interior D linemen, and 48 pressures on 552 pass rush reps is top 30. So he's right in that, you know, one, two guys per team that make the top whatever list. If you're in that position, Dolphins have several guys. He's one of the guys that are in that position. Number 94, Christian Wilkins. The list is long here. Two gap, one gap, double team, stretch run pursuit, controlling his man at the point in power schemes, setting picks, executing games, the retrace against screens and busting his butt to get back to the outside, selfless mindset, leader, infectious attitude. I Love this player. One of my favorite players in the National Football League. Fun stat, 89 tackles was a franchise record last year by any defensive lineman in Dolphins history. Rolling along with number 95, Benito Jones. Plays low and with power, a squatty body type. Can move his man and play through his man with that lower half explosion. And he'll have a chance for the third straight year to carve out a role on this Dolphins defensive line. Number 96, Deshaun Hall. Was a big fan of his game at at Texas A&M. The length jumps off the tape. 35 and 5 eighth inch arms. His entire athletic skill set. That's our fun stat. 4-7-6-40 at 266 pounds. And he scored in the green category your upper echelon, your 85 percentile or better, including a 36-inch vertical and 905 broad. He was a tester across the board in every metric and RAS. Number 97, Jordan Williams, heavy-handed and control the point of attack. He's one of those heavy edge guys that can condense inside as well. Had a career-high 25 pressures last year at Virginia Tech. Number 98, Raekwon Davis, our last guy here on the D-line. Length, power, and get-off that you wouldn't expect from a man his size. That pterodactyl wingspan that can help occupy blockers, and he just, he creates so much chances for other guys, which is a big kind of theme of this defensive line, right? But the flexibility to play all over the line and two gap and one gap, he's a big time player. The fun stat with Raekwon is without him last year, 136.8 rushing yards per game. With him, 101.5. The storyline here, how do you divvy up these reps? Because they're so deep. One of the group is deeps on the team and of the league. That's how I'm curious to see it play out this year. Even with guys even getting better, Sealer, Wilkins, Ray, Raekwon, they all just keep getting better. Your camp battle, I think you're pretty good with the one through four we talked about last year and, and into this season. And then after that, what what is it? I, I don't know. Is there, do you keep more guys on the interior, off the edge? Who are the guys that can kind of give Ogba and our outside backers a break as well? Curious to see how that works out. Speaking of linebackers, 14 of the guys. And again, these positions, it's, it's murky, but that's what they're listed on the roster as is linebackers. Number 15, Jalen Phillips. Speed to power move is just... Ah, chef's kiss. It's so nice. He's affecting opposing passing games even more than his numbers suggest last year. A guy who's garnering double teams and chips before the sack production really took off. His length, his rush arsenal, coupled with the overall rush plan, mega, mega upside. And of course, the fun stat set the Dolphins rookie record for eight and a half sacks a season ago. Number 41, Darius Hodge. Just six career snaps play, but the evaluation of him is the fun stat. 38 and a half inch vertical, 1007 broad, 467 for a guy that was 250 pounds in his workout. Number 43, Andrew Van Ginkle. Three facet player, rush, run game coverage, finds ways to defeat blocks, whether it's with quickness or physicality. I thought that the latter of that was something that really came along the first two, three years of his career. I love the way he recognized backside play action, or I should say pull action, whether it was a guard or a tight end coming across the formation and split zone and how he can find a way to just make their block fail, which is often the key block on the force defender, the furthest outside defender, him, and he wins that so often. I also thought his quickness took another step as a rusher this year, the ability to bend the arc and flatten while dipping that inside shoulder and gives the tackle a small target to shoot at. 
the fun stat, 45 pressures, 38 run stops a year ago. Those are both really good numbers. Number 45, Duke Riley, first step quickness as a rusher, had that blocked punt as well. Great depth on defense, really good special teamer. And again, that, that, the ability to come off the bench on defense, seven QB pressures on 35 pass rush reps. That's one per five. It's really good. Even in the sub package role, nine run stops on 74 snaps, also a good number and just 54.5% completion. Really a nice depth piece, nice special teamer as well. Number 49, Sam McGuavin, exact same storyline there. I mean, his skills have translated to a really nice sub package linebacker so far in his career. We know he can get downhill and put the heat on opposing quarterbacks. My favorite all-time preseason performance with four sacks and a safety last August against the Falcons, core special teams guy. And back in 2019, when he was a full-time player. He had 23 QB pressures, was third most among all off-ball linebackers that season, according to Pro Football Focus, and a 9.8% pressure rate that year. This last season, 16.5 in that sub-package role. A bit of a different type of linebacker, number 50, Calvin Munson. Just love watching him hit a true lunch pail type of guy. Got in for nine rundown da- run reps last year and made two run stops. That's really hit the strong suit of his game, I think. Number 51, rookie Channing Tindall. Range, acceleration, pure speed, collision maker. Takes excellent angles of the quarterback and can flatten and can really match up in coverage. I think all that's going to get better with every rep that he sees in the National Football League. He was in the 96th percentile or better all time among linebackers in the 40-yard dash, vertical jump, broad jump, and his hand size. Number 52, Alandon Roberts, a tone setter, a leader on defense, a signal caller and communicator, absolute thumper who is a crucial part of Miami's short yardage defense, which always seems to make fourth down stops every single year, a couple times a year. And it feels like he's always the first one on the scene. Him and Zach Sealer, I feel like are always there for fourth down stops. Fun stat on him, scored his first career defensive touchdown last year. He did score on offense back in 2019 with the Patriots against the Dolphins. Number 53, rookie Cameron Good. His tape is full of playing the run on the way to the quarterback. Plays the game very physically. Strong, smart player. He was fourth in QB pressures in the Pac-12 since he got there, and all other three guys were draft picks higher than him uh, in recent drafts. Number 55, Jerome Baker. The angles to the quarterback and the timing of the, of the snap count as a rusher and his speed. All that stuff never sleeps. And there was a play in the finale where he got on his horse down the pipe and interrupted a passing lane 20 yards down the field on a dig route from Mac Jones to Nikhil Harry. One play before or after, I forget, where he put a big hit on the quarterback. So that type of versatility, that type of range is pretty rare at that position. Fun stat for him, he led all pro football focused linebackers and quarterbacks, uh, quarterback pressures with 31. That's off-ball guys, not the you know, your edge players can be linebackers too. That's the guys that don't line up on the edge all the time. Number 56, DeAndre Johnson, although Baker can do that too. 56, DeAndre Johnson had a breakout year last year after transferring from Tennessee and he did it at Hard Rock Stadium with the Miami Hurricanes. 25 pressures and 18 run stops a year ago in college with a 700 or so reps. Number 57, Brandon Scarlett. He goes and gets contact in the run game. He seeks it out. Physical defender, violent striker, good hands, makes his presence felt and a really good special team player as well. Number 93, Owen Carney, undrafted rookie. Huge final year for him there in Illinois with 37 pressures on 335 pass rush snaps. And we finish up with no number, Melvin Ingram. We'll find out his number soon, I'm sure. And he can rush from anywhere. He can play any package. He can play the run, play the pass. And he just blows guys up with his physicality, but also 
has the lateral agility to win with speed and explosiveness. We broke his game down on the Friday podcast. Go back and check that out for more detail. But he's a three-facet player who's going to bring invaluable experience and a fun stat on him. His pass rush rate never went below 10.7 in 10 years of his career, and it was around 12% most of those years. Context, last year, Emmanuel Ogba, 11.9%. That's really good numbers for a guy that's been top 10 and pass rushing the last couple of years. Storyline here, I mean, it's another deep group. How do you figure out the snaps? I mean, we know guys like Jerome Baker can play multiple spots. Your edge players can play multiple spots. How do those snap counts get divvied up? And I'm curious about beyond Phillips, Van Ginkle, Melvin Ingram, what the snap counts look like for Scarlett or for Cameron Good, Deshaun Hall, Darius Hodge, the UDFAs. Can those guys push for playing time? That's something to keep an eye on in training camp. And then with the, with the uh, more... The other group of linebackers, how quickly can Channing Tindall get up to speed? The earlier he can, the sooner I think you can get him and Jerome Baker together and deploy them across all sub packages and see this defense really hum. The camp battle I'm curious about there, Egwavon and Riley, similar skill sets, similar packages, and both really valuable what they do. They both on the roster. They they get does someone else not make the roster? Curious to see what happens there. Defensive backs, 18 of them. Let's go through this real quickly here. Number eight, Javon Holland. His instincts and natural football skills, the route recognition, the versatility to play on the line of scrimmage one snap, and then in the deep post the next, led all NFL safeties and pressures, second in sacks and hits, third highest coverage grade among all safeties, not just rookies, all of them, and the fourth highest graded pro football focused safety last year not just rookies, all of them. He is a tremendous, tremendous football player. Number six, Trill Williams. I just realized, again, I messed up my order, but it is what it is. Talk about long press corners with long speed. Trill's got the skills. Fun stat going back to college, 693 career coverage snaps and 701 yards allowed playing primary on the outside. That's tough to do. And it shows in the 79.1 career passer rating allowed by Trill Williams. Number nine, Noah Igbenogany. The way he transitions out of his backpedal and the lateral agility, super, super athletic, twitchy, athletic just a pure athlete who can, who ran track back in high school as well. And the way he competes for the football, he's got so much damn talent. One of the guys I'm most excited to watch in camp. And last year, limited playing time, but 55 coverage snaps and just 64 yards against him. That's a good number to be at. Small sample size, but it's where you want to be. Number 20, Sheldrick Redwine. Good range for a safety, and that shows on special teams and his Hurricanes tape. His Browns tape as well has some fun examples of him coming from depth and supporting the run game. He had 12 run stops in two years with the Browns on just 20 rundown reps. Every other play, he's making a run stop from, from depth. Number 21, Eric Rowe. I love the way he took it upon himself to get better every year at battling down in the box. A former cornerback who moves to safety and takes on blocks like a linebacker at this stage of his career. He also finds the football. Three forced fumbles last year. Tight end eraser in his coverage the last couple of years here and really just top notch at the catch point knows how to separate the hands and separate the football new to the position in 2019 his run stop totals the last three years 24 25 and 23 and that's a guy that playing cornerback you get three or four of those a year and a career low yards per reception last year of 8.7 so eric rowe kind of slept on i think a little bit but don't don't sleep on eric rowe good damn good football player Number 22, Elijah Campbell. Loved his work on special teams last year. Made a handful of plays and just busted his butt in the third phase. What more can you want? Didn't miss any tackles in two years of special teams play. 74 career snaps on coverage teams. Number 24, Byron Jones. The long speed, the recovery speed, the ability to impact the receiver's release at the line, the intelligence for route concept recognition, his ability to mix things up. You know, cover three and cover six can look similar and he does such a good job of selling those different coverage packages. He and Xavier Howard's skill sets drive what this defense can do with that mixing, with the confusing, with marrying rush and coverage. The fun stat for him, he plays such good man coverage that you don't get a lot of the highlight level plays, 
but his second double-digit season with pass breakups was last year. He had 10 of them, an excellent number, especially with how little he's targeted. I want to talk about pass breakups and passes defensed. Number 25, Xavier Howard, same deal. The mixing coverages, like against the Patriots last year, for instance, when it looks like he's going to take off and, and coverage down the field, he comes off that look and lets Javon Holland range over to cover the top of that route and jumps the slot inside for a big pick six and dives into the end zone, gets the crowd pumped up. He excels in in both man and zone. He's physical at every phase of the route, especially at the line. Elite, elite level ball skills. He can come up and make a tackle. The inside hand jam, the trail technique, the ability to bait quarterbacks into throws they shouldn't make. So damn crafty. And talk about press coverage. Since 2020, in press coverage, pro football focus, 39.2% completion rate and a 42.2 passer rating. What a what a great player. Number 27, Keon Crossan. Just love his energy. Plays like lightning in a bottle on defense and special teams. Flies all over the field and he's always been inside the top 64 in the league in special teams tackles. Lots of players there. He also once clocked a 24 miles per hour run at his pro day back in college. Number 28, Javaris Davis, a, a guy that was really good in camp last year. I thought showed his ability to compete through the entire route down the field with some of these Dolphins speed receivers we've seen in the last couple of years. Fun stat for him. Great college numbers. 57.6 career passer rating allowed at Auburn with 925 yards allowed on 1170 coverage snaps. Back to safety, number 29, Brandon Jones. The timing of his blitzes and the ability to play and anticipate with that play speed that comes up with that, it shows up all the damn time. His preparation puts him in advantageous positions and he is primed to finish those plays to get the quarterback down on sack opportunities. And whether it's, you know, the sacks, the forced defender in the running game, sticking his face in the fan at the point when a tight end or his man in general condenses inside, Good looking player, led all safeties last year in sacks and QB pressures. Number 32, Verone McKinley, the third, makes those plays when you're thinking he had no business being over there around the football, but he came off his route and found the ball. Smart, studious player who's always going to prepare at maximum effort. 11 career picks for McKinley at Oregon. Number 33, Elijah Hamilton, another long physical DB. PFF had him with 18 special teams tackles the last three seasons at both La Tech and Vandy. 35, D'Angelo Ross, sure tackler who's never been tabbed with a missed tackle from pro football focus in his pro career, and that includes 68 snaps on defense and 17 on special teams. Number 36, Quincy Wilson, a former second round pick, super aggressive and physical, plays like a six foot two, 210 pound cornerback. That's what he goes. He hasn't played a whole lot the last two years, but his first two years with the Colts, 88.5 and 91.7 passer ratings against. Number 38, Cater Cahoo, exceptional play speed, finds the football. Emery Hunt was a big fan on the UDFA podcast. That was two weeks ago. Go back and, or no, last Monday, I should say. Go back and check that out. But he ran a 4.45 at his pro day. Number 40, Nick Needham, sticky coverage and continues to get better every single year. Played safety for the first time in his career when the Dolphins were shorthanded. And this after moving inside in 2020, having never played there. Fantastic example of a guy that just gets his work done. And a fun stat with him, down to just 11.5 yards per catch last year and a passer rating of 81.4. He gets better every year. Number 42, Clayton Fedulum. So many guys in the team like him in terms of their valuable special teams contributions helps to stay strong in all three phases. And his his PFF special teams grade has never gone outside the green. That's above league average. Top 10 special teams grade back in 2020 and top 50 last year. Storyline here in the defensive backfield. What is What do your sub packages look like? We know that X and Byron Needham, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, probably all going to play a lot. Eric Rowe. What's after that? Who's the Who's the dime and half dollar and dollar sub package DBs? Who can compete on special teams between you know Noah, Trill, Caho, any of the young guys stepping up? And the battle in camp, it's the same situation. Where's that sixth, seventh, eighth defensive back? Where are they coming from? Who is it? Can't wait to watch this group. 
And then four specialists, Jason Sanders, number seven, all pro, accurate, good mindset kicker. Number four, Thomas Morstead, a leader type, can have positive impact on the entire special teams, kicked in every building, every type of weather, and kicked well. Also a good holder in that regard. Number 44, Blake Ferguson, the long snapper. His arrival coincided with Sanders 2020 first team all pro campaign, and he busts his butt to get down the field on special teams, had a fumble recovery last year. And we finished with number 59, Tommy Heatherly. Really cool story about him getting to FIU and becoming one of the top collegiate punters after weighing over 300 pounds at one point in his life. Cool story there for him. Storyline here is Sanders can get back to that 2020 form when he missed just three kicks, hit the game winners, and was money from 50 plus. It's a valuable weapon, and I have little doubt we'll get that again. The camp battle, I suppose punter, I I guess. Miami Heat, baby, up two games to one. Hopefully can get game number four tonight in Boston. If we do that, I feel pretty good about going to the finals. That's going to do it for my edition here. This edition, I should say, in my time here on the Drive Time Podcast. We have camp coverage coming your way Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. Schedule stuff on Friday plus the mailbag. Maybe some best of the Twitter Spaces show. Still working that out. But in the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins across all social channels. Check out the Fish Tank podcast. The latest one with Nick Needham just came out last week. And you can also check out the Twitter Spaces show on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. I think we're going to move it up this week for the Heat game. YouTube channel for media availabilities and Dolphins today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Till next time, fins up. Caroline, daddy's coming home.